wanted to tell you something um, God put on my heart. Um, and I know that God, God gave me this message, and I didn't see the rocks. So did, you, did everybody get a rock? Look at your rocks in that bag. So Kathy Gax, she helps us oversee the women's events, and um, she, kept, she was mentioning to me, you know, that we were going to do this altar, and she mentioned, you know, um, we, we, we had these, we, you know, all these ideas and stuff, and I kept saying, God, what do you have for me to say? What do you have for me to say? And she was telling me about the rocks. She was telling me about the stickers, but I had in my mind divine encounter, those words because that was what our event was called today. And I wrote my message, and I was telling my husband, this is what God is giving me. Like, this is what God is giving me. And um, the, my title of my message is, Remember the Works of the Lord. Isn't that crazy? Look at your um, rocks. That scripture. So I'm going to read it, and it says... But then I recall, um, so that scripture that's on that bag, it says, Then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts, and I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Can you guys say amen? So the message that God gave me today is, Remember the works of the Lord. Can you imagine you bump into somebody that you know well, and you've helped them, you've loved them, they maybe spent the night at their, your house, you gave them rides, and they just don't remember you. <laughs> I would be so hurt and so upset. In the Bible times, an altar was often built to commemorate an encounter with God that had an impact a profound impact upon someone. So here are um, stones. So in, in the old times, um, stones are put down in altars, and, and, and we're doing, me and a few of the girls in the church are doing this. Um, we're reading the Bible for a year, and every day we're reading, and, and we were reading how um, an altar was built to, to remember what had taken place just the other day, and we were talking about it over conversation. Um, but God wants us to remember all of his works in our life. And I'm going to say, like, I, this stone here, if I'm going to remember, um, one thing that has always helped me to, to know God's faithfulness and to remember his power and, and what he can do. Um, my grandma was given six months to live when I was four years old. And my mom had us pray over her. And many others helped us pray, and she was healed. My grandma lived until I was 15 years old, and she had a full life. My mom is like the youngest of... Um, of like nine siblings, and, and her oldest sibling is maybe 20 years older than her. Maybe more, I don't know, wherever she's at. Well, my, my grandma was, you know, up there in age when she passed away, but God knows I needed her. But I had the opportunity 
to read the Bible to my grandma. I had the opportunity to pray with my grandma. I had the opportunity to tell my grandma about Jesus. She was a work of the Lord in my life, how God used my grandma in my life. And God, God always showed me his healing power. And that's one stone that I would lay down if I were going to remember his healing power and his work in my grandma's life because she was given six months to live. She had a little bag where all her urine went and she had cancer. And God kept her alive before they had all these... Um, medicines that they have now you know god literally healed my grandma i'm gonna read this scripture from the lord to israel and god had taken them out of egypt where they were held captive he had parted the red sea he had provided for them in the desert and they're about to walk into the land that was promised to them and they needed to be reminded and God needs to remind us today, do not forget the Lord. And, and I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 10. And this is what God says to them. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving to you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord." Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. In verse 6, observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering, revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you'll be lacking nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. In verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you're building fine houses and you settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. When we face difficulties, we need to remember the faithfulness of God in our lives. What causes us to lose our faith in the Lord? It's doubt, fear, loss, hurt, bitterness, discouragement. Honestly, a busy lifestyle. We forget to pray, we forget to read, we forget to get a hold of God and remember that God, we need to include God in our day and remember all that God has done. 
How many of you guys have gotten to a place where you are in deep discouragement and, and you can't see God in that situation? We had to remember the faithfulness of God. Caleb and Joshua um, were two of the spies that were sent out to the land. In no, Numbers 13, 1 through 33, you guys can read that because I read you a lot of scripture right now. <laughs> Moses sent out 12 spies, one from each tribe. And Caleb and Joshua brought back a good report on the land, but because the other 10 spies brought back a bad report, the people did not want to enter the promised land. And as a result, the Israelites stayed another 37 years in the desert before entering the promised land. So here are some facts. The 12 spies that were sent out were all leaders. Isn't that crazy? All 12 spies received the same promise. And all 12 spies received the same opportunities. And you can read this in Numbers 13:2. But 10 said no. They misunderstood their mission, and they saw God, but they saw their circumstances as more important than God. They said this in scripture, it was indeed, indeed a land flowing with milk and honey, but there were giants in the land. There's no way we could enter and possess it. But two of them, Caleb and Joshua said, go. They understood their mission. They saw their circumstances in light of their God. Their report was based on God's track record with the nation through the desert. They said, yes, there are giants in the land, but they're midgets compared to our God. We can take them and the land. Our faith and God's faithfulness work together when we trust him to do great things. The 10 spies' negative reports and their pessimistic pers perspective spread like a plague in the Israelite camp, and it caused so much anxiety to spread. It, I was reading the message translation, and Numbers, I believe it's in Numbers 13, um, it says they were wailing. You know, everybody in the camp was wailing. We can't go in there. They're going to eat us alive. They're going to swallow us. Like, that's what they were saying. They were so afraid. But because of this, um, those, those 10 spies who had a negative report were not able to enter the promised land. They perished. But Joshua and Caleb stayed alive for a new era. I want to share something with you, is that complaining and judgment can settle in our hearts. And we could be the one giving the negative report. And I'm going to give you another surprising secret. Complaining is a sign of an ungrateful heart. We get to a point where we're entitled, you know, I, I'm, I, I deserve this, I, I should get this. But it's a sign of an ungrateful heart. Many times we can only see negative because we've chosen not to look at all God has done. We're not seeing that God is in the middle of our circumstances. He knows what he is doing, and his ways are not our ways. The spies with a negative report were perished. They were swallowed in a hole. They, they, by a plague, they were perished. And that's what 
I love about the Old Testament. You know, God gives us a New Testament. He goes, gives us the Old Testament, but the Old Testament gives us um, the nature of God. And it shows us that God is not pleased when his children complain. Just think about your kids. Every other kid gets to do this. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> You're my kids. <laughs> Imagine how God felt. You know, I was reading the scripture and, and, and read Deuteronomy. Read, read, um, read the story about Caleb. Caleb and um, read the story about, I'm sorry, the spies. Um, God said, how long are they going to complain like this? Did they not see? The Lord was saying, did they not see? Did they not see all that I brought them out of? I believe that when we're overwhelmed with fear and full of emotions, it's right then that we need to stop and realize that maybe we're not connected to the vine and we're just talking out of emotions like, you know, I, I don't understand this, and how come this, and this is not fair, and, and I don't understand this, but we're, we're, we're talking out of the flesh. You know, we're not connected to God, knowing, you know, that he works all things for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Maybe we're going through the motions when we're complaining, and we've just heard another song, just like we've heard, you know, in, in songs that we sing. We're, we're, we're just singing another song, you know, we're going through the motions, but we need to rely on Jesus, because Jesus has the power to change our situation. He can break strongholds. He is able to bring deliverance. He is able to restore families. Jesus keeps our kids serving him. Venus's testimony, how her mom prayed for her. My mom prayed for me. You know, Jesus keeps our kids serving him. We keep praying for them. Jesus is able to provide for our needs. He's able to fight our battles. God can turn our situation around and every impossibility Every impossibility that you feel is in your life right now is just an opportunity for our God to show up and show off for him to get the glory. When I come to church, you know, um, Wednesdays and Sundays, and every time that these doors are open, I look around and I see a lot of transformed lives and hearts that came to life. I've seen marriages restored in this church. And people who are now serving in God's house with their families. I see men and women who live in nice homes, like that scripture. And they have second and third generations, you know, serving God with them together today. This is a miracle. God has blessed us. God has blessed us, and every day may not be easy. We may be working hard, and it may be a rough season, but it's just a season. Don't get tired working in the gift that God has given you. Know that his blessings have followed your service in his house. If you're blessed today, raise your hand. You have served God, and he has seen he has seen how you've served faithfully in his, in his house, and he has blessed you, but don't forget that. You know, don't get, don't get in a place 
you know, I'm not going to read right now. I'm going to just say, <laughs> don't get in a place where you're just complaining. You know, why are we doing this today for our church? Like, why are we, why, why do we have to come do this? This doesn't make sense. Or, or we're, we're too busy right now and have too much going on in my family. I have four kids. <laughs> okay. I have four kids, two bigs and two littles. And we're busy. But God will remind me. He will remind me. He will shut me up. <laughs> All that you have is because of me. All that I have is because of God. The church sent out a text message um, that said, we need help to decorate for Christmas. And that day I was like, I have like seriously 10 loads of laundry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, if you just could just imagine, <laughs> so much going on, and me and my husband were, like, down, down on Saturdays, like, I need to mow the lawn, I need to do this in the house, I need to do that, because he has a full-time job, and we stopped, and we were, like, we need to go, like, we forgot about it, and we need to go, we need to help them. And we both felt so busy, and I remember Dan and I talked to each other, and he said, I'll go the first half, and you go the second half um, to go decorate the church. And I was like, okay, as soon as I'm done with all this laundry, I'm going to go. And, and he said, as soon as you get there, I'm going to leave. He told me that that day. And we get here, and we come to decorate the church, and, and my husband didn't leave. And he was like, I'm going to leave. And I was like, but we really need you. You should stay. <laughs> he had things he needed to do. And um, God was doing something in us. You know, he, it, and God kept telling me something like, you take care of my house and I'll take care of your house. And, and he kept saying, you, you know, you take care of my house and I'll take care of your house. And I didn't tell my husband, because he was like, you know, I'm going to go, when, when you get there, I'm going to leave, and, and I wanted to be like, you're going to stay. But he, he stood, and I didn't tell him what God was telling me. And um, that night, we got home, and, and my kids had to go somewhere that night, and we went to go buy the stuff that they needed. We were so busy. And we got home, and, and it was cool. We felt really good. Like, we felt blessed. You know how the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive? We felt so blessed, and we were talking that night, and I was like, I'm really happy that you stood, and I'm happy we went. I'm happy that we put God's house first. I'm happy we did that. And I said, you know what God was telling me? Like, you put my house First, you know, and I will take care of your house. And my husband said, God was telling me the same thing, and that's why I didn't leave that day. I'll tell you something. That weekend, we got blessed out our minds, our refrigerator full to the max. I'm not kidding you. We got blessed. Blessed. Blessed, blessed, by God, blessed, blessed. And it was God saying, you take care of my house, and I'm going to take care of your house. 
It wasn't just a little bit. It was running over crazy blessed, crazy, crazy blessed. My dad came to this church 39 years ago because there was a men's home. He stopped coming, but my mom kept coming. The doors were open because the doors were open because people gave. We were ministered to about Jesus in classroom by men and women who served in children's ministry. And some of these people are still serving in those same ministries. And because people gave when I couldn't, and these doors stood open, my life has been changed. My testimony, my testimony, my story is different because those doors stood open. People kept giving and giving and giving. Never did I hear those people complain. You know, I was that kid in Missionettes. I was that kid in... In children's church, Ms. Bowie was my Sunday school teacher, and then my teacher, Ms. Garcia, was my teenage uh, missionette teacher. These people just kept giving and giving and giving. They encouraged me. My youth leaders, Kathy Gax, you know, kept giving. You know, she gave to me when I didn't even know she was giving to me. You know, anonymously, she was doing stuff, and she's still in my life. You know, sometimes we get to a place and, 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 and it can be hard, you know, like I'm tired. I'm 41 years old and, you, and some of you guys will be like, well, that's not that old, but I feel like old sometimes. <laughs> and I feel young sometimes too, okay? <laughs> but yes, we can get tired, but we need to not be at a place where we're complaining because God can't bless that. God cannot bless that. Every time we come to the house of the Lord and we're serving and we're ministering and we're in, maybe you're doing the same thing and you've been doing it for years and years and years, that thing that you're doing is just kind of the hands and feet of the whole church. You know, and, and you can think that that thing that you're doing, you know, holding the sign and smiling or, or you know, the ushers are, or, or working in nursery, you know, once a month or twice a month. You could be the one who washes dishes every time that we do stuff here at the church. You know, whatever it is that you do, you're part of the whole picture. And I give. And when I give, it's because I'm grateful to God, because I know that all that I have is because of him, not because of me. We need to stop and remember and look at God's track record in our life. What has God done in your life? How has he kept you? What has he spared you from? What prayers has he answered? You know, what are your stones here? You know, what has God done in your life? Um, about a month ago, maybe two months ago, we were worshiping and we were singing a song, Friend of God, and um, I was worshiping God, and I had my eyes closed and we were singing that part, and it was like, um, who am I that you're mindful of me, that, that part, and we have sang that song here for a really long time. 
you know, some of you guys will be like, that's an old song. That's a powerful song. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> I had my hands raised and I was praying. And I was like, um, I was singing, like singing. And you just don't know when God is going to touch you. And I always pray. I pray this over people. God, help them to feel your love right now. I say, I pray this for my my classroom. I pray this for my, people I love. I pray this for people who are hard for me to love. God, help them to feel your love. And I mean it. Like, God, help them to feel your love. But I have felt loved by God, but I felt the love of God that day. I was there worshiping, and God just touched me. And, and I had my eyes closed, and, and what, what he did was he... He touched me with his love, and I remember I felt the love of a father. You know, like Venus, I did not have my dad in my life. He left the men's home. He was a drug addict. He was a heroin addict. He was from a gang. I'm telling you, my life has been transformed. This is God's grace, which you see. My family, my house, everything, it's God. It's all God. And I, didn't, I don't know what it's like to, to sit with a dad in the car and him give me a ride to school or go to lunch with my dad. I don't know what that's like. You know, he passed away a few years ago, and it was like my dream had died because I thought maybe one day he's going to get saved. But I prayed to God, and I said, God, don't let my dad die without him knowing you. And I led him to the Lord. I went to the hospital. I led him to the Lord. But I have never felt the love um, of a father. And, and if you feel the love of a father, and maybe you don't like when your father corrects you, or your father loves you too much, or he's too much in your life, or he gets upset with you and he cares, be grateful. You know, be grateful for what God has done. If you have a godly father, be grateful that you have a godly father. But when God touched me, he was touching me. You know, Dean Braxton has come, and he was saying that when he went to heaven, he, he only calls God Father. Doesn't he say that? When God touched me, I understood because I felt the love of a father. I felt accepted. I felt safe. I felt taken care of. And I remember in that moment, it was a long moment, like a whole one or two minutes, and, and I felt like I was in heaven, honestly. And, and in that next moment, I thought, why do I worry? He cares about me. He's taking care of me. Why do I care so much what other people think? I don't care. God loves me. He's taking care of me. God showed me his love. Like, like if I was the only person in the whole world, he showed me his love. And we need to remember the works of the Lord. Our confidence in the Lord needs to be expressed in the way that we live. We need to be a living testimony of Jesus in our life to those around us through the good times and the hard times because our expectation is in the faithfulness of God. Remember the works of the Lord. 
If I was going to stack another brick, it would be the joy and peace that God gave me when I was 15 years old. When I asked God into my heart, it was real. The joy God gave me carried me through some very difficult times, I remember. If I was going to lay another brick, and this is just a few, it would be our, in our East Long Beach church, our projector went out. And that same night, <laughs> that same night, an old friend, Anita Lopez, which is Sister Betty, I don't know if she's here, Sister Betty's daughter, messaged me if we needed a projector for our church. She doesn't even come to this church. She messaged me. God was speaking to her. That night, we met her the next day, and it blew my mind. The next service, we had a projector we did not have to pay for. I remember God's provision at that time. God's provision is over your life, and sometimes it's not money, but his provision is over your family, his provision's over your life. We pray for that in the prayer room over the people who serve in this church, his provision's over your life. I can keep stacking my husband in my life and who he is in my life, and what God has done in his life is is for me a picture of what God has done. My sister serving God is a picture of what God has done. My cousin serving God, I used to pray for my cousin over the seats at the church, and my cousin serving God, he is a remembrance of what God has done. My aunt went to be with the Lord. She's, I prayed for her to come to our church, and she sat in my church when we were in East Long Beach. Every service, I remember I would be so embarrassed because she would say, Daniel and Christina are my Ken and Barbie. And I'd be like, Auntie Alice, don't say that. And she would always be like, hi, Barbie, like when I was helping. And I'd be like, don't say that. But she sat in my church. And God reminds me, you know, I prayed for her. So many prayers answered. I will not forget the work of the Lord in my life, so I will not complain serving in his house because when I take care of his house, he takes care of mine. Something funny happened yesterday. Um, I, I always, sometimes I feel like my life is literally a movie, like, like um, a movie. Um, my son was sick, and um, my son Justin was sick, and he had a cough, and then he got pink eye because he touches, me and him touch our eyes a lot. I don't know why, me and my son Justin. And um, he, he got conjunctive eye, he got pink eye in one eye, and um, I was like, we had to keep him home. We all took turns staying home with Justin. And the day I was going to send him back to school, he got pink eye in the other eye. And my husband was like, you need to stay home with him because you need to give him those drops. And, um, and so we've been home all week, and I kept putting the drops in, and I was, um, you, he won't put the drops in, so you've got to open his eye, you know? And I'm opening his eye. I guess I touched my eye. I got pink eye in both eyes. <laughs> my life is a movie. <laughs> like, I, how, do, how did I get pink eye? I got pink eye in both eyes. Um, I was crying. This was yesterday. <laughs> I was like, I have to speak tomorrow. I can't go if I have pink eye. I was crying. And 
I called to make an appointment because I needed to get some medicine. And, um, okay, so the lady was like, there are no appointments. You're going to have to go to the urgent care. The urgent care in Santa Fe Springs is a two-and-a-half-hour wait. And, like, I will wait for two-and-a-half hours for my kid, but not for me, for pink eye. <laughs> and then she said, an hour in Whittier, you know, there's an hour wait. And she said, but there's this, like, place in La Habra that, you know, with your insurance, and you can go, and it's a 30-minute wait. I'm crying. I called my sister, and I was like, my, my younger sister, and I was like, why did this happen to me? Like, I don't want to be in the doctor's office. Like, I want to get, like, a, I don't get manicures, but, like, yesterday, maybe I wanted to. I don't. Maybe I got a manicure twice in my life. But yesterday, I had this idea. No manicure. I'm in the urgent care, okay? Crazy thing is, you know, she was just encouraging me. She was like, well, just enjoy that time alone and that time by yourself in the car. And God was, like, ministering to me. And um, I get to the urgent care, and I walk in, and I promise you, the two, these two guys walk out like, oh, my gosh, is someone here? It was like I was in a whole nother city, like another country. Because if you go to any urgent care in the whole world— <laughs> It is packed right now because of COVID and the flu. I was the only patient. <laughs> we, I was the only patient. I get seen. He sends my prescription to, um, you know, the CVS by my house. And I get there, and they're texting me, your prescription's ready. And I'm like, okay. I'm trying to, like, go with the flow because, like, I don't have time for this, you know? And I go to CVS, and, um, and, and, okay, sorry, you guys, I'm trying to think about my story. I go to CVS, and I go to the person, and they said, we ran out of your medicine. And I'm just wanting to cry again, like, what? You ran out of my medicine? I said, can you call my doctor and see if they can prescribe me something else? Well, check this out. She, she called the doctor. He gives, us med he gives me a new medicine. Um, and I'm waiting in the store, and I'm walking around. She's like, 15 minutes. I think I'm walking around for 45 minutes. I'm looking at every makeup they have, the fake nails they have. I'm looking at everything. And I bumped into my daughter, um, my daughter, Julianne. We looked at each other because we both didn't know each other was there. They had walked to the store. And I was able to give them a ride home in the rain. <laughs> Isn't that God's provision? <laughs> I waited a little bit of time at the urgent care. I got some quiet time. I got myself some, um, what's that, canes? You know, I got myself some canes. God was ministering to me. And then I gave my kids a ride home. I just had to tell you that funny story, but God's at work all the time, you know, even when we can't see it, even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't want to see it, God's at work and he knows what he's doing in our lives. Remember the works of the Lord. When you feel discouraged, when you feel um, Maybe like you've lost hope and, and, and you just feel like I, I just don't know, you know, how I'm going to 
take, you know, this next step, you know, or how this is going to take place. Just know, you know, if I can have the worship team come up right now, just know, you know, what God has done in my life, you know, how he's transformed my life, how he's given me joy, how he's given me peace, how he's given me a good family, you know, a great husband. If you came to my house, if you came in my home, you would never know the family I came from. But God did something in my life, and he used this church. And we need to remember the works of the Lord when it gets hard. We need to remember what he's done in our life, what he's brought us from. We don't live there, and I hope you don't live there, but you need to remember you know, you need to remember, you know, what God has done and what he's brought you from. Something about me is I, I'm driving almost on the daily, and, and I always think, like, God, how did you get me here? Like, how am I here in life? And it's God, and it's just God, and I never forget that. And that's where we need to be in our life, you know. How did we get here? Because we cannot be at a place where I got myself here. You know, I have all this because of me and all that I've done. No, it's because of God and what he's done. We serve the same God, and maybe you have needs, but you need to say, sure, there are giants, but there are midgets compared to our God. God is powerful, and sometimes we go through things, you know, and, and, and we, we just can't see how it's going to work out. But God works it out. He always does. That's his track record. He's been a good father to me. I felt the love of a father, and that was God. He has carried me, he has sustained me, he has blessed me, he has healed me. He took this insecure girl with no future and no hope. You know, people are like, what do you want to be when you get older? I just want to be a mom, I just want to be a wife. And God gave that to me. He gave me my dream, but he gave me even more than my dream. He gave me better. And I thank him for that. And maybe we need to remember. We need to remember all that God has done. And maybe it's hard to remember. But if you want to come to this altar and you want to thank God for what he has done in your life, get on your knees and thank him. Let's make this a time right now. You know, as the worship team sings, you know, we come at the altar. You know, we say, thank you, God, for bringing me here in my life. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for changing my perspective. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.